All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, you know, the kids uh, love to celebrate like our kids do. And uh, we're so thankful that uh, God's given us a way to participate with them in ministry and reaching people for Jesus Christ. And so uh, thank you guys for the prayer and support that you give to our uh, uh, work in Romania. So uh, that's really great. You'll hear more from uh, the Christmas gifts and things later, but uh, thank you guys for being caring enough to support uh, the ministry there. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 9. Appreciate Brother John reading my scripture for me this morning. And so uh, that's very, very good. But uh, we, uh, you know, celebrate Christmas and exchange gifts. And I know that you know, and I don't need to continue to remind you, but maybe I do, uh, about what the real gift and the real meaning of Christmas is, that it's really the gift of Jesus Christ, that God has given us uh, the supreme gift through His Son, Jesus Christ, that He came and He was born, that, and that's what we're celebrating this season. Uh, but we also don't want to forget His life that He lived, that He lived a perfect life, that Jesus Christ uh, went through everything that you and I go through. He experienced sorrow and joy, pain and suffering and everything that we do every day. And yet he lived that life in perfection to fulfill God's law and God's demands on our behalf. And then he gave up his life on the cross and he was crucified, bore our sins, the penalty of our sins in his own body, suffered for you and I in exchange for us. And then he was buried and raised from the dead. That's the life and ministry of Jesus Christ that we celebrate. But this morning, I want us to focus on the birth of Jesus Christ. Who is this baby? And what would this baby be like? What would he grow into? What would be his ministry? You know, when it comes to the life of Jesus Christ, the, the Bible describes it, it declares it, and it defines it, what, what he came to do and uh, what his purpose was. And so follow along with me, if you would. Isaiah chapter 9, a couple of verses. And the scripture says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From this time forward evermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Bow with me if you would and let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful today that we can celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That we think about the gift that He is to us this morning as we celebrate Him in song and thoughts about uh, uh, His life and how He affects the whole world, not just here in our part of the world, but all around the world. Jesus Christ and the message of the gospel is powerful and true to all peoples. And Lord, we just pray this morning as we think and reflect again about what your servant Isaiah had to say about his birth, that you'll encourage us and that we'll remember how to celebrate it really in truth and uh, in, in uh, how it should be, Father. Please take these verses, Lord, and minister to our hearts this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, first of all, if you look... Uh, at the gift of Jesus Christ. It came through His birth. Verse 6 describes the birth of Jesus Christ in kind of a short little sentence. Uh, Isaiah was looking 
forward to the birth of Jesus Christ. We're looking backward to the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, but but it, it was as real to Isaiah uh, in his day as it, was, as it is to us in our day. And so he gives us some information about the birth. First of all, if you think about it, we know that from Luke's gospel that Jesus Christ was born in obscurity, that uh, humbly he came into this world, that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, a feeding trough. And, and that was his first experience outside of Mary's womb in this world. Uh, and uh, we think about that and we remember that. And Isaiah gives us even more insight into that. And really in verse 6, he talks about, first of all, about his birth, about the, the mystery that we find in the manger, that <clears throat> in a sense that he gives us something really profound to think about. And, and he says in verse 6, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now, when you begin to think about that just for a minute, when Isaiah speaks in this mystery of Jesus' birth, he gives us two perspectives of his birth. Uh, he gives us two things to look at. He says a child is born, a son is given. And when you and I begin to think about that, you, you know, wh- what does that really mean? Or what's he getting at here? First of all, Isaiah speaks about the human perspective of Jesus' birth. Uh, uh, a child is born. And when we think about Jesus Christ, God uh, coming in the flesh, he came through a physical birth. And so it really is a reference to his his physical birth, which you and I kind of see from, from our point of view, from Earth's point of view, you might say. Uh, and so we look at it and we see a child is born. Uh, Isaiah brings it and makes it personal. He says, for unto us a child is born. It's always Christ's desire to have a personal relationship with people, for people to personally trust Him and believe in Him as their Lord and Savior. And so Isaiah says, this child is born to us. Us. And so uh, we, uh, we should see him in that way. Uh, from human eyes, Jesus is a Savior. He's not a Savior. He's the Savior. He's our Savior. And so Isaiah began describing the birth of Jesus Christ from a human perspective that uh, a, a child is born. But he goes on and says also in verse 6, uh, he, he speaks about it. Uh, in, from another perspective, he speaks about the heavenly perspective of Jesus' birth. He says, unto us a son is given. Right? We know from Scripture that Jesus is described as God's son. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So from heaven's perspective, a son is given. From human perspective, a child is born. We see his humanity and his deity talked about, prophesied about Isaiah that, that, that would happen later on. So now that mystery that Jesus is, uh, is described by God's servant, his prophet Isaiah. So there's certainly a mystery in the manger, that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in that manger. When those shepherds came that day uh, and they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, they may not have realized it, but they were looking on, on a really an indescribable Savior. Well, Isaiah mentioned in his birth not only this mystery uh, about the manger or the manger, but but also if you look at verse six, there's a there's a, a majesty also of the manger. He says in verse six, um, 
and the government will be upon his shoulders. Isaiah speaks about uh, what Jesus Christ's responsibilities would be. You see, in his prophecy of of the Messiah, Isaiah leaps from Jesus' birth that would happen in Bethlehem all the way to his millennial reign at the end of, of time. Isaiah saw the babe that would save and the babe that would come again. He saw the babe in the manger that would be the one who would be born, who would die for our sins. But he also saw him later as one coming, vanquishing all of his enemies, establishing his kingdom. And with justice and with equity and with love, administer his rule. Wow. What a baby. What a Lord and Savior. The King to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's who Isaiah saw in that manger. That's who the shepherds witnessed and testified of in that manger. King of kings and the Lord of lords, majesty, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah reminds us of Jesus' birth. It was a mysterious, majestic birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, he goes on in these verses and not only talks about this gift and Jesus' birth as the way that this gift comes to us, but if you look also in verse 6, he talks about Jesus' boundlessness. I mean, the greatness, the in describableness of the Lord Jesus Christ. How, how amazing He is. Uh, you know, when we begin to think about a, a, a description of God, we can't even contain our thoughts or our words and vocabulary aren't even anywhere sufficient enough to describe who He is. And Isaiah said, and His name will be called. His name will be called. In other words, His name will be called, but His name really describes who He is and what He does. And so in this boundless description of who Jesus Christ is, Isaiah begins to attempt to give just a few facets of who our Lord and Savior is, Jesus Christ. And he begins by by saying, and He shall be called Wonderful. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) You see, Isaiah describes his unerring discernment that he has. He's unerring in his discernment. He calls him Wonderful Counselor. Now, you can separate these two names and they're equally correct, or you can put them together and that's equally correct. But listen, when it comes to wonderful, that word means awe or amazing. He's an amazing Counselor. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I find myself in my life from time to time uh, needing a bit of wisdom. You know, a few nuggets here and there. And, well, let me just be honest with you. I need a whole lot of wisdom in my life. Because I found that, that, that my level of uh, understanding is, is very limited to the scope of God and His creation. That often I'm insufficient because of the complexity of life to be able to discern the things I need to know and understand. 
And so I'm so thankful that the living God who's in me is the wonderful counselor. And that when I need that wisdom and that understanding about those things of life, the, the, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing about that is that he's always available. Uh, years ago, our Southern Baptist Convention uh, developed this CD disc and it had all kinds of of situations in it and all kinds of needs, whether someone was depressed or whether they were discouraged or whether they were thinking about taking their life or whether they were in a traumatic experience. And, and, and they put all these scenarios on a CD and they had biblical references and counsel on how to take care of that. And they called it the 24-hour counsel. <laughs> you know, it's pretty funny, if it, but yet it wasn't funny. <laughs> About, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not laughing at that, but I, I really am. Because the only 24-hour counselor I know is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can give us the wisdom that we need in life. And so Isaiah says, hey, here he is. He's wonderful, and he's a counselor as well. And, and so he, he, he has discernment uh, that, that's never wrong, uh, but that's always true. Uh, if, you, if you look at uh, Isaiah goes on, he says, hey, he's wonderful. He's a counselor. He's mighty God. You, you see, in, in a sense that, that, that his deity is, is unquestionable. He's unquestioned in his deity. That he is God. And there's no other. Scripture describes him as, as, as there's no other one like him. He is the one and the true, the living God. It's him. Jeremiah says it like this in Jeremiah 10.10, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure His indignation. Isaiah says, look, I mean, Jeremiah says, look, He is the God. That's the end of it. He's God. John describes Jesus Christ as the Word. The eternal Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is God. And so when you and I think about the one that we have a relationship with is the mighty God. I like the description and the name mighty God because God is the one who defends us as His children. He's our Father. He's the one who takes up our cause And He's the one who takes up our defense. I remember uh, as a father, that compelling truth or idea about I have a responsibility to take care of my family. That if my family's in danger, there's my responsibility to defend. It's built into us as fathers. And yet, how much greater is our Heavenly Father willing to defend us and to take up our cause? Mighty, and He's mighty. He's mighty God. Uh, well, listen. Isaiah goes on and says, here's another name as well. Everlasting Father. He's unending in, in His days. That uh, he, There's no beginning and no end with Him. He is the everlasting Father. The word Father in Scripture, as often as it's used, me, means the, the, the originator of or the beginning of. Listen, with God there is no beginning and there's no end. He is the everlasting Father. Jesus says in Revelation about Himself, He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
says the Lord, who is and was and is to come. The Almighty, Jesus specifically and straightforwardly says that, look, with me there is no end. You think about that? Well, that's really great, isn't it? Right? Well, here's the good news is that He gives us the promise of life with Him forever. So if He's forever and we have life with Him, then our life is forever with Him. He has no no end. That's the gift that we receive in Jesus Christ is unending life in Him. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty good. Uh, maybe, maybe when we get home and unwrap our presents, Jack will, will put in, in one of those packages a reminder that you have eternal life. You know, and I'll open up that gift all new and get excited all over again about it. It's wonderful. Uh, well, he goes on to say, Isaiah says not only about that, but he says Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, you know, when we think about Prince of Peace, it really is, is a description of his, 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 his unselfish in his desire. He wants us to have peace. And, and he came, and, and, and Prince of Peace is, means that, that he's, the, he's the highest authority of peace. <laughs> in other words, peace comes from him. And, and, and in order for you and I to have peace, what did Jesus have to do? First of all, more than anything else, every one of us needs to have peace with God. We'll never have peace, the peace of God, or peace in our lives until we're at peace with God. And and so Isaiah reminds us about Jesus that He's the Prince of Peace. And, And He initiated that peace, that He's the mediator for our peace. And that mediation for our peace required His life. That he had to die so that we could be at peace with God. And so it, he unselfishly gave his life on the cross of Calvary so that you and I can have peace. Wow, what a, what a great gift, isn't it? Peace. That's Jesus, his gift to us. And so we're reminded of all those things that, that Jesus is, is boundless because that He's the gift in a sense that, that never ceases to give. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, I think so. Right. Isaiah says, Jesus and His boundlessness. That's the gift. Well, one last thing is that He says in verse 7 is that when it comes to the gift of God, the gift that Jesus is, is that He speaks about Jesus' blessing in our life. He's a blessing. He's a blessing to our lives. And, and, and so much so described in verse 7. Because in verse 7, He, he is, first of all, a, a peaceful blessing of the increase of His government and peace. There will be no end. There it is again, the Prince of Peace. And that peace has no end. No end. You know, as human beings, we may make peace treaties, but those peace treaties can be broken and that peace can come to an end. But with Jesus Christ, when we're at peace with Him, then that peace has no end. No end. And that's a blessing to know that we're secure in that relationship with Him that has no end, that relationship of peace. Well, if you look a little bit further in verse 7, he goes on to say uh, that he's a a personal blessing as well. Uh, That that it's, it's personal. Uh, in the sense, you know, we can have a corporate blessing, 
uh, like in our church and our church family, somebody can come along and, and be a blessing to our whole church. You know, and that's wonderful. Uh, that, that's kind of in a corporate way. Uh, we can uh, live in uh, the Ray County in Dayton, Tennessee, and so, something great can happen in our community, and that's a community blessing or a regional blessing, whatever. But let me tell you, when it comes to Christ, He is a one-on-one personal blessing. He says that, listen, uh, in the sense of being a personal blessing, he says upon the throne of David uh, and over his kingdom, uh, and he's describing where he's going to reign. Why is that personal? Because for him to reign on David's throne, he has to come to us. He's coming again to us. We'll see him here. We'll enjoy him in a great way. And that's a personal blessing. We need to look forward to that. It's exciting. Well, not only that, but hey, he's personally, he's a peaceful blessing, but he's a practical blessing as well. Read on with me. He says to order it, talking about his throne, his kingdom, to order it and establish it with just judgment and justice from the time forward and, and um, even forever. Now, listen, I, I can't wait till the day that I live in a governmental a uh, uh, situation where that everything is fair, right? And that everything is just. To live under an authority where everybody's treated equally and fairly. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that. I, I, I really am. And complain as we may, it'll not happen until Jesus Christ comes to reign. And that's practical. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but those of you who are parents and maybe have raised kids and, 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 and you've struggled with that. Have you ever kids ever said to you, that's not fair? That's not, if you got more than one, you're going to hear that. <laughs> it's not fair. You did that, and you did this. And, and, and as much as we try, as hard as we try as parents to be equitable and just and fair and all those kind of things, uh, we don't always do that. There's coming a day when that will happen. That will be practical uh, for us. It will live out in our everyday life. And then finally, uh, he's a passionate blessing. Uh, listen to who Isaiah says is going to accomplish all these things. He says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. In other words, God's passion for us, God's love for us is going to do all these things. But when you begin to think about it, how much does God's love do for us now? Besides just what Isaiah said. Isn't it really the love of God that causes God to do all things for us? To put our good before His own well-being. To think about us and to move in our lives in ways where God is working out things to be good and the things to work on our behalf for good. That's what God's doing. Why? It's because He loves you. The Scripture says that God did all these things for us because He first loved us. Even before we loved Him, He was loving us. And He was passionate for us. And that's a real blessing in our lives today. So when we celebrate His birth, it's exciting to know the gift that He is. They had a unique and a special birth. That He came as an indescribable gift that's far beyond you and I to be able to understand. 
that He came being the greatest blessing that we've ever known. That's the Jesus that we know and love today. That's the one that we put our faith in and our confidence in for our future. I hope you've done that. I hope you've received Jesus Christ as the gift of your life that God has given to you and offers to you today for you to believe in Him and receive that gift. Bow with me if you wouldn't. Let's pray this morning.